This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. And in this episode, we have... The two greats back together. It's been a little while <laughs> since Dre and I have been together recording a podcast. I've been busy moving. Uh, she's been busy on a workcation, and although she's been pumping out lots of content, so good work on that, Dre. Lots of good episodes recently, and I've been just kind of riding her coattails on this thing a little bit. So uh, we are doing this episode right now because it is our one-year anniversary of the podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, I, I heard when I first started this thing that podcasts, most podcasts die after six months. So we made it a year, which is pretty cool and had some growth and uh, some good good following, good comments, good all kinds of wonderful things out of that. So I'm pretty pumped and I would... Uh, chalk this off to a success for sure. I don't know what absolutely. your thoughts on that are, Drea. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. I think you get most of the uh, applaud for this one. You started it out and I just joined you at New Year. So it's been an absolute blast being on this so far and I'm super excited to continue that. And it's great that we've made it a year and, you know, being able to talk to people from all over and just share that content with everybody, whether it's through stories or knowledge that we need to know or updates on, you know, rules and regs or whatnot. Um, super fun, super excited for all of it. So it's exciting to know that we've, that you, but we have uh, been in this for a year now and that we've crushed the six month mark. Yeah. And mm -hmm. by no means starting with this whole thing, did I think that I was an expert by any means? Because uh, <laughs> I'm not. I, I really I really just know a little bit about a lot of things. And 
working in the education world around hunting, I, I definitely wanted to, to contribute something. And I don't know if I shared the reason why I thought I wanted to start a podcast. And I was listening to podcasts for about a year and a half, two years, somewhere in there. I was like, I like that. I want to do that for work. Like have that be a part of what I do for work. And then I was like, how do I mix this in? Uh, I don't know how I do this within my outdoor ed position I was doing. And then during COVID, I thought, forget this. I don't want anybody to tell me what I can and cannot say. I'm just going to do my own. And thanks to COVID, another wonderful thing that came out of COVID uh, was having a little time at home, uh, doing a lot of research. So if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, it uh, takes about 50 hours a week for about (laughs) three, four weeks, because unless you know something about technology, I know very little. Uh, I'd say I'm competent, but not, not, uh, uh, I'm not editing things to some crazy depth. So this started off as a COVID project, one mic and no recording technology, just the free things on online. And then I really connected with some people right away. I found, I kind of looked back at some of those like, man, I was not ready for, to reaching out to some of those companies. I'm so thankful that they, uh, were, uh, willing to chat with somebody with like a thousand downloads, <laughs> if that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then sometime around summer, late summer, uh, right. Was that, is that when I bought some antlers from you? Yeah, I think so. It was right before hunting season. Yeah, and then we just kind of toss around the idea, try to figure out what to what to do. I mean, we were busy hunting, and then came back together. And then November, December, November, November, November. Uh, I believe so. I moved to Steamboat in October, and that was when we were. I I was going out and hunting with some more friends, and so yeah, I would say it was just kind of right around Thanksgiving time that we kind of made the decision to go for it. And then really it wasn't until the new year time that I jumped on with uh, my interviews just cause it's an intimidating thing to walk into for sure. And it's, it's funny cause I've talked to some people and they're like, Dre, it's just conversation. It's like, yeah, it is just conversation, but I'm in charge of making sure everything just flows and is good, you know? And yeah. like, but I have found that there's not really an issue when you're talking about something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And if it's around a topic, like Mm -hmm. I needed, I needed a prompt of some sort because you put me in a face to face networking situation. I need a prompt. Actually, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not the best face to face Mm. conversationalist. I'm not going to lie. This has actually given me a lot of practice with that. It's given me a lot of, uh, things throughout my work that I've done, um, some skills just in trying to clear up my voice, say what I mean, and just say it to the clearest possible way without as many hums or thinking through what I'm trying to say, but just saying it with clarity. And yeah. I don't even know how to describe that, but when when you have to talk to superintendents and uh, super uh, school boards and, and all the people I've uh, worked with where you're or legislators uh, in my work definitely want to go in there with a plan and 
kind of like these podcasts going in there with a plan. So there was some overlap there that helped me professionally, which I thought was kind of neat and still have a long way to go. Definitely am not, uh, I'd say the best podcaster, but you know, um, that's what I love about it. It's something I love to learn and I love to grow. And this is a platform to do that, which I'm super excited about. And I want to pre-apologize to all of you guys. Um, I'm in Florida right now and I'm in a, I'm at work and with a family and, um, there may be some background noise and I can't control any of it. So <laughs> it's <all good. laughs> just want to pre-apologize for yeah. that. <laughs> and so then we got some better equipment and set up a little bit. Drea got a little set up. I got a little set up a little more and these, these, uh, platforms we have now to record on. Uh, I wish, I wish. I had officially my recording studio all set up for the one year uh, to go from my kitchen table where I had my office, my school office, to uh, um, in a camper and in my truck to (laughs) almost. I'm so close. I have, uh, I bought a brand new table for in there. Actually, it was uh, in the clearance rack at Furniture Row. It was was like 48 bucks for this old kitchen table but it has no legs so i gotta build some legs on it that is literally (laughs) the last step and i will have my uh my recording studio ready gun safe is in there all organized hunting closets all organized and it's been really fun to go through uh hunting closet stuff and organize get things kind of cleaned up hang up bows hang up this um i just gotta hang up some antlers i've I got an issue in this house though that there's no place for sheds. I have no place to put antlers. Oh. Yeah, it's an older home, so mm-hmm. you don't have vaulted ceilings on the main level. It's just the good eight foot ceilings throughout the house. So I've got no place for sheds and I I just found a couple more yesterday. So I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. I'm putting a three hundred and ten inch bowl on the wall uh down in my office, so it's just gonna be there it's sticking out it's not even the best spot yeah (laughs) whatever Uh, thing is is you and i are completely switching spots i will be moving into a 40-foot toy hauler in a week (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna love it um by the way though the walls are thin so don't put anything too thick through (laughs) a screw through the wall to hang your elk that's probably not gonna work yeah, there's not any space to hang any of my horns. Um, it will be a temporary spot for two or three months, and then I'll be in a house after that. But kind of funny how the the roles have reversed. So I was totally going to re- go and record downstairs in my studio, but I don't have my fur up on the wall. And so that was uh, that's my sound dampener. I need that. And uh, it'll it'll eventually come together, and I'll have my room. But the last thing that we did was uh in in our progression of the show is change our name so we were colorado hunting hub and now the western hunting hub so that uh was a big big kind of jump and then i think we did that all when you jumped on too so uh we changed the name and and we're back uh dre and i had to take a little break i had to get a coors light what do you what do you got there drea i have a um a strawberry white claw oh yeah, we're breaking the rules of podcasting. A carbonated beverage is the worst thing to do when you're recording. Uh, are there rules in podcasting? Rules in podcasting? Um, mm-hmm. If there are, 
Joe Rogan doesn't follow any of them. Yeah. So, no, it, it's like uh, I read that in my 50 or 150 hours of research setting this thing up originally was the don't drink carbonated beverages because you'll burp too much. <laughs> Which And that issue, yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing for me. And then also if I eat too close to when I record, that'll get me. So I'll get, we'll drop. Just so a, y'all know. Yeah, just so y'all know. Uh, just that's really important to know. The life of a podcaster. Yeah, uh, but I want to drop a little hint that uh, before we lose you all, that there's a giveaway at the end of this. We're going to talk about the giveaway. It's not giveaway yet, but we're going to talk about it. So we'll drop a little hint now. So stay with us. Saving the best for last. Yes. So a couple of uh, really unique stats that I thought listeners would want to know about uh, because I listen to podcasts all the time and I, I don't have a clue what their their audience is. I don't know what their reach is. I sometimes kind of look at their Apple ratings to see kind of what uh, how many they have in comparison to ours. So I haven't said this in a long, long time. If you would go give us a five-star rating, that'd be beneficial somehow. I don't really know how, but I think it does. So, uh, but some of those stats are that, that we went from, I remember my very first downloads and a little shout out to Ryan from Hunt AZ. I'm pretty sure that was him. We determined it was his first, he was the first one to click and download our podcast and now up to 17,500, which is not a ton, but enough for me to be proud for sure. Then also... We uh, have listeners from all over the world, mainly the U.S., obviously, but there is listeners in Italy, Canada, specifically Ontario, and then Czech Republic and India. So there's uh, some folks out there, and I've said this before in the past, that I would really, really love to hear from those people in the other countries as to why the heck you're listening. I don't know why. Uh, There's got to be something, or it's just fake clicks fake downloads i don't know so that would be really cool to hear so get a hold of us contact or contact infos in the bottom um next i want to give a shout out to all 49 states for not all 49 because there's 50 but 49 (laughs) of the 50 states for uh um, having someone from your state listen we even have the uh i'm I, I totally almost went political, but uh, we even have uh, DC on here. So that's pretty cool that we got some some people from DC. And then Rhode Island is our only one we have no one listening to. So I decided I'm going to go there and it has everything to do with this podcast, sort of, or not. Or my wife and I just had a, had a flight credit so to a little dinky airline and we didn't know where to go. So said, where can I go fish? And I hear all kinds of things about New Jersey area, Rhode Island area, some amazing fishing. Uh, kind of a funny thing I saw on the news today that the all the Airbnbs and VRBOs in the New Jersey area and Rhode Island area are just booked. People are just traveling there like crazy. So I don't know what's going so- on there, but I'm going to go catch some stripers. I love it. Yeah. It's great. And I told the camp captain, I was like, I want to learn something from you. I want uh, to bring back a whole cooler full ship of 
50 pounds back of fish, whatever it is. I can't afford to go do the offshore because I'd love to go catch some mahi-mahi and uh, some tuna, but that instantly jumps from like a $700 day to a $2,500 day or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I can't do that. And on that note, if our listeners, a lot of times the hunters are fishers as well, and obviously our podcast is directed towards hunting. But if you guys want to know anything about fishing, just message us, reach out to us, let us know, and we can try and get some episodes on here that are related towards fishing. You want to hear a fun little stat I've heard? So Mm -hmm. I've heard that, not a stat, a saying. So I've heard that most fishermen just fish. Most hunters hunt and fish, and most trappers know it all. And do yeah, a little totally bit of everything. Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I thought that was always kind of cool. Uh, n- next, I want to shout out to our top five listening states. And that would be obviously Colorado because we started there. Texas is second on the list because so many Texans come to Colorado to hunt. Third is Arizona, which again would make sense because of our relationship with Hunt AZ. And then Virginia is fourth. I don't know how to explain that one. Uh, love to hear that. I don't know anything about Virginia. Uh, it'd be really cool oh, to I- hear hear from a Virginia hunter. And then fifth is California. Sadly, South Dakota is all the way at number 11, even though I live here. But that's okay. Well, that's okay. 11 yeah. better than not on the list. 49. Or yeah. Rhode Island. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna bring my business cards and I'm gonna start leaving them places in Rhode Island and say I need a download, just one. Go go give us a listen. I'll mm-hmm. do that with my captain. I'll go steal his phone or something and, and yeah. download download just download it. all yeah. of it to us. Absolutely. But then we'll be offshore, so it's actually not even in Rhode Island, so it won't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I, I want you to you all to go back and flip through some of our episodes. We've got this is episode seventy eight, I think, and there's a lot of episodes that are not timely. They don't ha- need they didn't need to be in whatever order they are, and there's a lot that are going to make sense for this coming year as we go into our second year. Lots of preparation for elk hunting. Lots of Uh, different types of hunting that that we were experiencing at that time, the shed hunting, all of that stuff. Uh, But our number one listened episode was the Wolves in Colorado, which I guess that doesn't matter now. It's voted in. So there's some really interesting things following that around the who's going to pay for it uh, and how that management plan is going to go about happening because now since it's been voted on, there's a breeding there's actually breeding population of wolves in Colorado. So it's really uh, kind of a interesting thing to talk about on from both sides of the, the, the spectrum on that. So we'll leave that one alone for now. Speaking of wolves, I my brother sent me a post on Instagram the other day from someone's page that he saw in Aspen. And it was clearly a wolf. Okay. Coyotes... I feel like you can definitely tell what a coyote is. And this was from a far away distance that 
you could tell it was a big bodied wolf. So they're yeah. definitely in the area. And when I saw that in Aspen, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. They're here. They're already running around. Yeah, they're just going to keep making their way south. There's no <clears throat> geographical borders other than I-70 and a wildlife fence, which obviously mm-hmm. that's not going to keep a – it doesn't keep everything out. And there's, there's some plenty of places, plenty of habitat, and plenty of deer and elk all around. Yeah, exactly. Jump on. So Plenty of cats everywhere. Yes, that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go eat some of the sheep up in the Rome Plateau. I hate those. <laughs> right. I can't stand sheep. <laughs> those coyotes. Do they eat coyotes? Uh, do wolves? Yeah, they probably don't eat them. But do you think they would fight against them? I oh yeah, I totally yeah. yeah they would totally kill them, and I don't know if they'd eat them. That's a good question though. But yeah. for sure, they're gonna. It's kind of like. Uh, coyotes and red fox red fox they're like a coyote will kill a red fox and then yeah they'll uh um so in areas where you got a lot of red fox probably don't have a lot of coyotes and vice versa right there's my little naturalist tip of the day Uh, second most listened to episode was elk season 2020 it was such a good season that uh had to share about it uh third most listened is Hunting Mountain Whitetail. Fourth was Hunting Deer on the Prairie. And then the fifth most listened to episode for the last year was Fine Tuning. And that was all about kind of the last little preparations to make before going on your backcountry hunt. Uh, I think all with that and the preparation ones, I did create that gear list. And so that gear list is out there. And I posted a lot of episodes. I even used it for my, one of my classes the other day. I've been using it for all those, all the folks listening or in my classes and talking new hunters, showing them gear lists and all that thing. So it was kind of cool uh, to share that with those folks. I did have to remove our, our logo cause I thought it was a conflict of interest, but uh, it, it, yeah, they, they're all like, did you just create this? It's like, uh huh, yeah. 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 Well, why did you put like, five columns on it of alternatives and this and when how to organize it and all that uh i don't know well, <laughs> in my mind just wanted it detailed yeah nope did it for my I, podcast I like, to, I like to be detailed about my hunts and my podcast exactly mm-hmm. so that's kind of the last little bits I, I wanted to do with celebrating our uh first year but i What's wanted man? wanted to <laughs> kind of irritate you a little bit and ask you if you think it's an uh that uh does is it bother you that there are sheds on the ground and you can't go get them uh 150 percent yeah absolutely this time in florida has been uh really nice and it's been a really good time to reflect and think about the things that are in motion in my life right now, kind of some opportunities coming my way. And it's just been a really good time to sit with that, but it's killing me to know that my friends are turkey hunting. Shed season doesn't open until May 1st. So I'm okay with that. I already know where I'm going to be opening morning of shed season before light. I'll probably camp there to be honest. So that way I'm there in the morning before anyone else gets there. Um, I should say, but it, 
it, yeah. How do you feel on, about the fact that there's sheds on the ground, but yet there's still like a few hundred or a thousand being picked up and stored away, <laughs> stashed? Uh-huh. That bothers yeah, like, me so much. Like you and so many other people. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no season here. <laughs> yeah, there's no season there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I set, sent you a picture of two sheds yesterday, uh, a nice brown one, and then this funky weird one with uh i mean it had massive base to it but then it had two two main beams sort of coming off of it it was or an elk that's an elk yeah i thought so yeah it was totally weird and i i had to look at it just to see like figure out what side it was i don't even know if it was a right or left but i think i settled on a right but it was we're gonna have I have to look for that guy when I'm there this hunting season. Yeah. Um, it was bright white. Like where it was laying, there was this giant Karen. And I... Mm. Here's my thing. I hate Karens. Uh, the is, is it ironic that everybody now uses that when there's some lady that annoys them and they say oh it's just some karen Karen. yeah (laughs) well i'm speaking about karen's the one that's spelled like c a i care i n karen something like that i don't know how to spell it but it's just like the stack of rocks where people like to identify where they've been Mm -hmm. i hate those yeah because it takes away from the Oh, no one else has been here. I totally know already that there is not, there's already been other people where I would have been. But to come strolling up and sit on this little perch that I feel like it's all mine and then see signs of other people, I don't like it. It takes away something from the experience. Yeah. So I knock your Karens down. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> no Karens here. I was the first one here. <laughs> yeah. However, the one Karen I did see right by this this uh, uh, shed, I was kind of on a cliff. There was a Karen that, I'm not joking you, was about 10 feet tall, just stacked up. It looked like a whole huge ch- old chimney of some sort. And I go over there and I'll, it's just stacked rocks, just perfectly stacked, all 10 foot tall. And this big white shed was right below it. It was kind of cool. I'm I wonder a... if someone put it there. The the shed? Yeah. No, it, you could totally tell. Like, it was how it was laying and the grass laid over top of it. Then, oh, okay. And how the, that had last year's grass had, had grown up <laughs> around it. And it's just right around the corner is where I found another one. So it was a really good little spot. And I have been in that area three other times and gotten skunked, and it's driven me nuts. And I just finally found that. And I did find seven bulls uh, that had started a little bit of growth, and they were hiking around a a different area across the canyon. So I'm going to go around to the other side. Next time I'm in there, go go look for one of those 14 sheds because they had had some growth started already, so they had dropped a a little while ago. (laughs) So hoping it's one of them giant six or seven or eight points that we got running around South Dakota here. We got big bulls here. I feel like you were picking up sheds like two months ago. People started. You were sending me photos and I'm like, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) People start here in January. January, February. Uh, The whitetails in the hills drop early. 
they drop really early. It all has to do with nutrition and what what uh, they how much stress they have throughout the winter. But we had a real mild. Um, even yeah, we had a mild winter, but they still dropped in January, February, and some held out for a lot longer. And then there's always the ones like there's still elk holding. I got reports in Colorado elk still holding, uh, mm-hmm. and they just do, they do. And, and I know some spikes. I got some more permission on some private today to hunt to shed hunt, and it was killing me because the guy said, "Yeah, we saw 21 bulls up there the other day. They just kind of moved back and forth on this ridge. So there's 42 sheds up there somewhere." And he mm. gave me permission to go go uh, look at it, and he just, I, he he wanted me to go with him. He wanted to show me. I don't know, but I was trying to hint every little bit I could to say, "Let <laughs> me go now. I want to go yeah. now." So right. uh, I'm hoping here I can go check out that new area here pretty soon. So anyway, uh, you will get there soon. You're flying back home tomorrow, right? Mm. Possibly. <laughs> oh. Either there's always plane issues. Um, it's either tomorrow or the next couple of days. So we'll see. But either way, in the next few days, I'll be home. Uh, plane issues does not sound very reassuring. Well, it's um, it's a private plane, and <laughs> last time we were here, it was the windshield that needed to be repaired, and this time it's the wheels need to be replaced, and the wheels were sent to the wrong location. So there's always something, but I have no room to complain because it's absolutely beautiful here and it's a good time to just slow things down. Uh, But regardless, I'll be back home in the next few days, pack up my things, move into a 40-foot toy hauler, and uh, head off for 15 days of hunting. I'm so excited. Oh, nice. You got... You got a good chunk of time then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's getting me through yeah. <laughs> this vacation of not being able to like turkey hunt and have to work every day for 14 hours. Well, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so well, let's talk about what our 2021 season looks like. Starting with, you got 15 days of turkey hunt. Now, That's right. what is your priority? There's turkeys, and then you see a nice little sage flat that looks like it's got a, some antlers on it come May. Yeah. Well, I already know a nice, great, giant sage flat come May 1st that I'm going to be at. Oh. <laughs> I've been watching, I've been watching like 200 to 250 elk in this spot this last winter, and or I should say late winter, early spring, and from a safe distance where I'm not running around in there and spooking them. And one week I saw all their antlers. A couple of weeks later, I went in there and all their antlers had dropped. So, oh my gosh, that's my plan to be there May first, and then I'm gonna shed hunt that morning, and then I'm taking off to do a Ridge Patrol hunt. Ridge Patrol is a women's clothing line that I am gonna be partnering with. Scary stuff. I am gonna become a small business owner, or yeah, small business owner. That's awesome. And partnering up with another lady in Steamboat, and we're going to be, yeah, selling women's clothing, which is super exciting, super scary, but uh, something that I've, not necessarily, some like this in particular isn't something I've been looking to do, but I've been looking to work in the hunting industry for a long time, and 
I've always been very driven by challenge. And so when this came up, I was like, this is what I've got to do. It's, it's challenging for me. I want to be able to grow. I want to start from the bottom and grow from there. That's my motivation. It gets me going every day. So we're going to be doing a Ridge Patrol hunt for that first weekend in May to get out, promote our product, hunt some turkeys and shed hunt, you know, in the afternoon when we're not turkey hunting. I'll have a couple days after that to hunt. I have a friend from Mississippi coming out, which is awesome. And we're going to hunt. He knows his knowledge on turkeys versus me. I've only really been turkey hunting a lot in the last couple of years. So it will be fun to hunt with him and pick his brain and to learn and to just share that experience in camp and get to know another, another friend and uh, we'll turkey hunt for a couple of days and then head off to Montana and doing a hunt for Henry rifle in Montana. My friend Chris is coming with, he's going to be the photographer and I'm going to be the hunter and looking I'm for bears looking for bears. I'm really excited because I've never like fully hunted for bears. I've always had a bear tag in my pocket during archery season. Cause where I hunt during archery season just has so many bears. And I'm like, Oh, if I'm stumbling around and I see a bear, I can shoot it. But the elk are bugling over here. So I'm going to go run it. So my full focus has never been hundred percent on bears versus this hunt is I'm going into it, having to focus on that. And my friend Chris doesn't have a lot of knowledge in hunting. He's very new to the hunting industry or the hunting field in general. And so it'd be really cool to take the lead and um, just go out and, and do that. So the first couple of weeks of May is going to be turkey hunting, shed hunting, and bear hunting. So excited to just disconnect and to get out there, explore the big mountains of Montana. We used to visit Montana a lot as kids. We would go out for family reunions and i remember driving in the car and just looking out the window and seeing that big sky and like the big mountains in the distance being like i want to live here someday like this place seems so magical and there's so much country and there's something about montana that just really held my interest so i'm really excited to go back there and explore and try and see if we can get it done nice yeah nice hey uh i don't know if this is in your a desire to do or not, but I decided that for the entire year of 2021, I wanted to track my days in the field and how many miles I put on. I wanted to divide it up into like shed hunting and hunting, whatever, mm-hmm. but it was just too much. So I just have a running total now of miles put in and days in the field. It's like, even mm-hmm. if I go out for a couple hours on a turkey hunt, count it. So, mm-hmm. I'm at 21 yeah. right now and at 43 miles is where I'm Oh, at. wow. Yeah. Well, you've got the lead on me, but let's, um, I would like to, let's do a challenge. Let's see who gets the most miles. Uh, you're going to win. <laughs> let's uh, do another episode at the end of December <laughs> and see who has the most miles because, I was just going to say this year I'm going into it and I have the most hunts planned that I have I've ever had. I'm super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I do not. I have, I have a few, like I bought, uh, two Turkey tags, one archery, one black Hills, uh, black Hills, like a uh, shotgun. And mm-hmm. the turkeys around my house were kind of, they were not like 
around the house turkeys, but they were, they're wild. And as soon as the season hit, they changed their whole pattern and I haven't seen them since. So I don't know where they are. And I do have a couple of bow hunting spots that I'm waiting to go check out or I've checked them out, but they just don't, uh, they don't leave people's stupid bird feeders. So it's driving mm-hmm. me nuts. I can't, they just, people feed them in this like whole hilly area and it's really kind of cool. There's hundreds of birds in there, but I can't, can't get at them. I can't call them over and they're still wild enough to mm-hmm. make it an actual hunt. So anyway, so I got two turkey tags. We'll see if one gets filled or not. And then fall, I've got, I'm coming back to Colorado to uh, archery hunt with my dad. Uh, He'll be the one to carry the archery elk tag to start with. I might grab a bear tag because they're pretty cheap, but I may or may not grab an elk tag just because I'll be more concerned about him and don't want to drop 700 mm. bucks on that. Yeah. Because I also will have a South Dakota archery deer tag that runs, that's the entire state of South Dakota, runs from September to the end of December. Uh, Black Hills rifle deer, West River deer tag and then uh I'm, i should draw eastern colorado plains deer again however i was listening to epic outdoors podcast today and they were talking about some insane preference point jumps in quite a few units so that bothers me because i'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to plan that out and then mm-hmm. i'll have Add in a couple little grouse hunts, pheasant hunts, hopefully maybe a little waterfowl, coyote, trapping season, mink line. I think my days in the field are going to be pretty good because I do have 25 to 30 people that I got to go take out on their first deer and turkey hunts this fall. Mm. So that's my only thing that's going to help me with you and compete against you. However, (laughs) we'll only be hiking maybe half a mile (laughs) to (laughs) a certain spot. So I'm not going to be gaining too much on that. Um, Is this the the youth hunts? um, It's a lot of college age to just new adult hunters. And then I've got a few young uh, youth in there as well because it's families. So there's like a 12-year-old and a, I think actually 11-year-old. No, she's 10. Yes, a 10-year-old and 15-year-old and then a whole family of five, anywhere from 11 to 17. So then there's a bunch of other young adults mixed in there as well. Nice. Yeah, I'll be taking them out to shoot their first anything. And we chose white-tailed does because there's plenty of white-tailed does all around the Black Hills area. So what do you, what's your fall look like? Uh, let's see. I've applied for a, which I should get a pronghorn tag, an archery tag. So that's August 15th through the end of August. So early season, that'll be a lot of fun. My buddy and I are going to go out and chase some pronghorn around. Then I will have a, hopefully deer tag. I have like an 89% chance. So it's not a guaranteed, but pretty good chance. Deer tag, over-the-counter bear tag, and an elk tag for archery season, which will be pretty awesome. Plus, just hunting with friends and family in that amount of time is great as well. Then I've got some friends coming out, actually from Mississippi, or First Rifle, 
we're going to hunt together. And then I have some friends from over by Denver that are coming out for third rifle. And we're going to hunt around Steamboat area. The hunts with them that I'm doing, it's I'm really excited. I'm going to be behind the camera. So this year I'm stepping away from like taking that role as a guide and starting to do the documentation of it all, which I'm really excited about. Photography has been a big thing for me for a really long time, basically my entire life. But for a lot of that, that was portraiture. And so I'm jumping back into the wildlife photography. So I'm going to just be tagging along on those hunts and trying to get some documentation, which super stoked about be some future blogs coming out as well. So stay tuned about that. Um, then I'm coming to see you, South yeah. Dakota, hopefully. Um, I don't know when I hear back about that, when the results come oh, out. Oh, you will. That. You will. Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. even like a, it's not even a thing that it's an if, it's a, a guarantee that you will get that tag. Yeah. yeah. So that's just waiting on that. Um, and super our, excited to chase some deer with my bow. Yeah. The, the biggest decision that I keep running through this frequently is... There's just so many options. I mean, we can go out on the prairie and chase mule deer or whitetail, or we can go on the hills here and try to rattle some in and have that fun interaction. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. even know where to start. There's just too many fun options, and I've found some locations that I'm really excited about. So I think, yeah, I'm uh, really I think we like find where they are, whether it's the plains or in the mountains and just focus on that one buck and try and figure it out. And the whole challenge of like figuring out his routine, trying to sneak in versus like trying the plains and going to the mountains. So I feel like just so kind of saying we should go where the deer are. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should go where the deer are and hunt the deer <laughs> where they're deer. at. Is that, is that how hunting works? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I, I, rut time so when like end of november beginning of december no like uh before thanksgiving if okay. you if you can't when's your what season is your deer uh i just have friends coming out for a third rifle which might be right around that time yeah probably it, yeah so we, we'll figure it out i don't know there's uh yeah it's kind of right before that thanksgiving or depending on how late Thanksgiving, when Thanksgiving is later, that's not a good time. But when it's just a little earlier, that's a good time or a little bit before that or, or even earlier. So yeah. either way out on the prairie, we can spot and stock them like crazy. It's there's no shortage of that. So that'll be, I think that's where I want to start anyway. Cause it'd be fun. Yeah. I'm really excited for the challenge of, of, of that trying to, to get in close. Yeah. Hopefully I'll get a little bit of experience with that during archery season. Last year I went out with my friend Bill and he had a tag and I didn't. And I got to see him try and do multiple stocks. And it all made sense to me. I'm like, this is why people do it. Like I watched several films before that as like films on high country mule deer hunts and just never really went for it i don't know i just didn't have the motivation to do it but after that hunt i was like i want to chase deer with my bow and so talking to you i got super excited and be coming out there to do that and then back to arizona again to try and get accused deer is my goal 
they do have male deer there as well, but I would love to shoot a Q's deer with my bow. That's awesome. That's and a, a javelina, and a javelina as of well. Course. And you're going to smoke me on this challenge. So, <laughs> so basically from mid August, all the way through December, I have tags yep. <laughs> or I have friends that have tags. That is my goal to hunt. I have to f- figure out how to financially support myself through all of this, <laughs> uh, but it'll work itself out. I'm sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, like we said, there's a giveaway. Let's, yes. uh, let's talk about our giveaway. Absolutely. So I'm going to backtrack to what we were talking about earlier about fishing. So a lot of hunters are fishers as well. And my good friends over at Glenwood Springs Outdoors are offering up a giveaway for a fly fishing trip. So my good friend Cameron, he's a fly fishing guide. He's been a fly fishing guide for a long time. And he's the manager there at Glenwood Springs Outdoors. And he offered up his services to take either one or two people out on a fly fishing trip. So these fly fishing trips can be uh, a shore-based fly fishing trip or they can be a float trip, which I highly recommend. So they would do the Roaring Fork River or the Colorado River. And you have a choice of doing a half-day format of a fly fishing trip or you can do a full day. The full day fly fishing trip goes all the way up to a value of $750. You're doing a full day of fishing You've got lunch. You don't need any gear. You literally show up. They've got the raft. They've got the gear for you, the poles, the bait, everything you need. They have the knowledge. And he has volunteered himself. He's super excited to just take people out and to teach and to give people that experience. So I think it would be great to be able to get your dads entered in on winning this giveaway. Father's Day is coming up in June. And ideal time to fish in Colorado is going to be in that springtime, early summer when the spring runoff hasn't dirtied up the rivers yet and the water is still cold and the water is still clear. You know, midsummer comes along and you've got dirtier water, you've got warm water. Those fish are a lot more stressed and they're just, it's just not as great as fishing. So we're aiming to do this giveaway for, we don't have a date set yet, but late spring, early summer sometime, we will do a post for you guys so you have more information on how to enter and just the details on the fishing trip in general. We'll have some content for you guys as well so you can get an idea of what you're looking at. But if you're looking looking to get out in the water, whether it's with your dad or your buddy or by yourself or with your wife or your kids or whoever, We've got a great giveaway coming your way. And when I get back home here next week, I will do a post about this. So you guys will have some content and some information to look it up and how to enter. Yeah. And Andrea was able to find the guided fishing trip, but getting there is going to be on the winter. Stay lodging is going to be on the winter. So that's Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh, a big expense. And we realize that, but, we did what we could, and I think this is a, a awesome, awesome opportunity. So it'd be cool if someone from Virginia won, but there's a whole bunch of people, yeah. uh, most of our listeners in Colorado, so they're right pretty close there. So hopefully it's someone nearby, uh, but we have no they're, control they're over super, that. 
all, yeah, they're super flexible as well. It doesn't have to be that time frame. You know, if you want to save it for the fall time or for next year, you're more than willing. You, you know, absolutely. Or but, after that uh, runoff, after mm-hmm, the runoff in mm-hmm. the summer, that, that's that's when the really popular fishing time is, and people are out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we wanted to do a, a fun giveaway, and Glenwood Springs Outdoors—they're great. They are a fishing and hunting shop in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Some of my really good friends. And just really good, genuine people. They all have experience in hunting and fishing, and they're hunting guides and they're fishing guides as well. So they know their product, they know their gear, they know fishing and hunting. So great we guys. are excited. Great guys. We're excited to work with them and give you guys a little giveaway. And so, like I said, we'll be putting a post up here soon how to enter and a little bit more details on that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Drea, uh, I missed a FaceTime call from my family there. I'm a bachelor this weekend, so I do want to, want to give them a call and, uh, there's a, a fun little celebration for our one year. Just all the things we've got completed, uh, some popular episodes, what our fall looks like. Definitely. We both, you have quite a schedule, but we both have, there's a lot of hunting going on and mm-hmm. a lot to report back and lots of people I'm sure that we're going to have some some content with to to share. So lots there to lots to come for 2021 and beginning of 2022. Absolutely. And as always guys, if you have anything in particular you want to know about, shoot us a message an email, send us a message on Instagram, whatever the easiest platform for you is to do that. We want to know what you want to learn about. Um, This is essentially our second full-time job, and we are not getting paid for it, but we love every second of it. But we also want to make sure we're providing content for you guys that you want to hear. So do not hesitate to reach out to us and let us know if there is something in particular you want to know about. And I want to hear from those Italians. What the heck are you listening to? (laughs) Why are you listening? The Italian deer is so extra spicy. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to say goodnight. So, <laughs> all right. Cheers, guys. All right. Talk to you later, Drew. Bye.